Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. And today we're going to talk about everybody's favorite topic, carbohydrates. So on The Secret Life of Dietitians, um, every episode, Laura and I want to bring to you maybe some hot topics from the news. And um, this one came across my desk uh, last week. And it's about low-calorie sweeteners and cardiovascular disease. And, of course, we've seen so much news stories, so many media reports on whether artificial sweeteners are really safe for us. Um, and I think that I think it's, it's not a, a, an unfair thing to ask those questions. Yep. But I think that some of the research studies that many of these stories pull from need to be put in their place a little bit in terms of uh, lumping together that evidence um, needed to, to say whether those types of things are safe. Um, so the study that I came across this week was from the journal called Stroke. There's actually a journal called Stroke. Um, <laughs> that's getting a lot of attention um, about people who consume artificial sweeteners in the form of diet soft drinks, um, having maybe an increased risk of stroke or a stroke caused by a blood clot, so that ischemic stroke. Um, and, and this is a really kind of a scary-looking study. If yeah. you look at it initially, mm -hmm. like, hmm, this looks really concerning. But I wanted to break down a little bit, and this is something we'll do every episode, break down um, what you need to be looking for when you're looking at studies. And we might even do a whole episode on that, interpreting those media stories about nutrition, because they are very confusing. I um, But this one was done um, from the Women's Health um, observational study, which was started back in the 1990s, so a little while ago, um, to study the health of about 90,000 women who are postmenopausal um, between 50 and about 79 years old at baseline, so when they started the study. Um, what they did with this particular study is they analyzed the diet drink con consumption of about a little under 82,000 of these women. Over, so Yeah, so it's a pretty a good s sample size. Yeah. And that's something we'll talk about in studies is sample size. And, yeah. You know, how can you generalize a sample size from a study mm -hmm. to everybody else? Right. So 82,000 people, is that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. But participants in this study were asked one single question um, on the topic of diet drinks and said, you know, over the last three months, um, how many times did you consume a diet beverage? So about a 12 ounce beverage is about a can um, every time per week. So did you consume it one to four times per week, five to seven times per week, or okay. maybe two or more times a day? Mm -hmm. And then they followed these people over 12 years um, and they looked at their rate, you know, rate of heart disease, stroke, and other causes of death. And what they found is that, first of all, which I thought was really interesting to me, that most consumers, most people in this study, were actually infrequent users of diet beverages. So they were using less than one per week, which I think is really, really interesting. Huh. People think that people are just chugging the diet right. coke all day. Yeah. And this study actually shows that that's maybe not the case. Interesting. Um, but only about 5% of women consuming two or more per day. So those kind of heavier users okay. um, of those diet drinks. Um, I thought this was really interesting, too, that women who drink more diet drinks, they found tended to be a little bit younger, uh -huh. maybe a bit, a bit more educated, maybe better incomes. Um, 
This is where it gets, this is where it leaves the rails for me. <laughs> lower overall diet quality, lower levels of exercise, and other issues with being overweight or obese. Um, so it's interesting that right. maybe the people that were consuming the diet drinks were maybe not in as good of health. To begin with. Right. Right? As those who would I, not consume them. Yes. And this is a lot of the studies we see with diet mm-hmm. soda kind of becomes a chicken and the egg. Right. Did they consume the diet sodas because they were trying to control their weight or did it go the other way? What they found is that women who consumed two or more of these beverages per day had a 23% increased risk of any type of stroke and a 31% increased risk of that blood clot-related stroke, that ischemic stroke. So that sounds really scary, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, sure. Right. Well, and the other thing to remember is when we talk about those increased risks, that's relative risk. And we'll get into, again, that Uh into a not 23% of you're going to have a stroke. That's not, the again, it's an increased risk from baseline. Um, This is where the, the, the weaknesses in this study start to point out to me. First of all, um, based on one question, right. how often <laughs> over the last three months, and I'm a diet soda consumer, Okay, I could not tell you on average exactly how many I've had hmm. over the last three months. Mm-hmm. And this when you get into these food frequency questionnaires. They're interesting for developing questions yeah. about people's diets, but they're not like super accurate because it's not a food diary. Mm-hmm. A food diary being the kind of the ultimate in accuracy, having people write down what they eat, although that even has its own issues. Because right. when we know we're writing things down, we might be a little bit more careful about what we eat. Right. So they're far from perfect in ways of, of kind of determining how people eat. So again, they're good for first steps, but they're not necessarily good for cause and effect in terms of establishing that. Right, because they're not looking, they weren't looking at if that person was uh, eating a healthy diet mm-hmm. and doing the diet sodas right. ver- versus somebody else who wasn't eating all their fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. and doing the diet sodas. Right. What did that look like? Right. Who are those people that had the right. stroke and didn't have the stroke? And then did it have something to do with the fruits and vegetables or right. did it have something to do with the diet? There's a lot here. A lot of questions yeah. that can go on. Um, The other thing this study cannot do is what we call prove that reverse causality didn't occur. So again, that chicken and the egg Mm -hmm. concept. Um, The one good thing is that the article authors excluded women who already had diabetes, who might have already been consuming those Mm -hmm. diet beverages because they have diabetes. Okay. But they didn't, and women who had cardiovascular disease, so that's good. But they did not exclude women with prediabetes, <laughs> overweight, and obesity. Yeah. And again, these tend to be some of our maybe heavier users mm-hmm. of diet beverages. And unfortunately, people with prediabetes, metabolic syndrome, overweight, and obesity on their own are at higher risk of stroke and cardiovascular issues. The other issue is this observational design. It's really super interesting to to develop those questions off your observational design, but it is not helpful for cause and effect. You know, there are lots of things where one thing happens and the other thing happens, but that does not mean one caused the other. And this is, again, where a lot of these studies, especially with artificial sweeteners, fall short for me because they're not randomized control trials where one group's getting a beverage and Mm -hmm. the other group's getting something else. And then we figure out, you know, what occurs after the over time. Um, And then the final thing that really struck struck me in this study is it 
lumped all sweeteners together. So no indication whether aspartame, also known as equal, or Splenda, or Stevia, did anything different than the other sweeteners. Um, And this also only asked about diet beverages. And I think you and I both know that artificial sweeteners are everywhere. So they're in our yogurts, they're in our nutrition bars, they're in sauces, they're in candies. And to just say diet beverage, I mean, frankly, they could be in your morning coffee if you're putting a couple packets of equal in every morning. Mm -hmm. They didn't even ask about that. Gotcha. This was literally only about diet diet soft drinks. That's it. Yeah, that and that's seems... a really kind of <laughs> limited study. Yeah, and then again, you know, as well as we had this wonderful sample size, can we generalize this to men? I don't know. Can we? Mm-hmm. Can we generalize right. this to women under fifty? Probably mm-hmm. not. This mm-hmm. is again right. very specific to this group. But again, when you hear media stories, all you hear is you're going to have a stroke right. if you drink diet soda. Mm-hmm. And I've had to clear this up a couple times this week with patients. Um, and I do agree with, you know, the American Heart Association now has a, a scientific advisory board that mm-hmm. talks about, yeah, none of this is probably very good for you. You know, right. it's certainly better to drink water. Mm-hmm. But if you are somebody who drinks sugar-sweetened beverages and, sugar, you know, right. regular Coke, if Diet Coke is your way out of that, do right. it. Right. Because we do have lots of randomized control trials about regular that- soda. Mm-hmm. And regular soda is not the answer to these types of studies. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people feel like, well, I'll just go back to regular soda. And that really is not the direction that you want to go. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like leaving the nicotine patch to go back to smoking. <laughs> You right. know, and it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So if you can get off the nicotine patch, go for it. It's like diet soda is kind of that crutch maybe to get mm-hmm. off of those things. Right. Um, and I think that's that's the way we want to handle those types of studies. Well, and so. I think, too, I wonder how much of it is the different types of sweeteners, too, mm-hmm. and that type of effect. Because we know different types of sweeteners are entered into the body differently. Right. It, some go to the bloodstream and some don't. And right. And what kind of effect does that have? And right. so we really need a lot more research with this. Right. You know, at this point, you know, how I ex- advise my clients is, yes, if you can get off of soda completely and drink more water, I think that's Yahtzee. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> right. But if it's really a choice of like, I want to drink soda. Right. This is the safer option. It is. It is the safer option. For sure. So let's talk about your news story. Okay, so mine was similar. It was also an association type um, study. It was the association of the intake of whole grains and dietary fiber with the risk of hepatocellular carcinoma, which is just a, a liver cancer. And so I thought that was interesting because, you know, we're going to talk about carbs dietitians, today. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about carbs and um, we love these positive studies too. Absolutely. <laughs> it's always like the, the chocolate study. You're like, oh, that's a great association. Right. So I'm going to jump on that. Right. Um, and so it's great. And I would like to think that there is some benefit here with whole grains. Um, Their question was that is a high intake of whole grains and dietary fiber associated with a lower risk of developing this uh, liver cancer? 
And so what they did was they did a, a cohort study of 125,455 participants. Another very good sample size. Exactly. Like um, and they were in the United States, and it did include 141 patients that already had this hepatocellular carcinoma or the liver cancer. And what they did was they did an average follow-up of about 24 years, 24.2. Mm -hmm. the, and they increased the intake of whole grains and noticed that that was associated with a reduced risk of the hepatic cellular carcinoma. And so meaning what their, their meaning is they had an increase in, in intake of whole grains mm -hmm. and possibly cereal fiber and bran that could be re associated with a reduced risk of hepatic cancer or liver cancer among U.S. adults. Mm -hmm. And so I just find this interesting thinking about carbs this week mm -hmm. and everything like that. Um, we do hear that association a lot about increased fiber helps decrease your health risk for cancer mm -hmm. as well as some other um, health concerns. And so they basically wanted to objectively look in the, look at this. And their, what they did was um, they did find that the increased whole grain intake was significantly associated with the lower risk, as I said. How did um, they measure it? So, well, again, yeah, we get back to that type of thing is, is the design and everything. They did um, look at, uh, I think they just did food frequency questionnaires mm -hmm. and that were updated every four years. Okay. So it was like a snapshot every sure. four years yep. of their food frequency. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they didn't really look at, um, they did separate and looked at fruit and vegetable fiber and said that that was not associated with a reduced risk of the hepatic cancer, okay. which I thought was interesting. Right, because fruits and vegetables have their own source of fiber. Right. I think that's interesting. Is there something unique to the whole grain fiber? Right. Right. That's a really interesting question to me. I thought so too. That's what it just leads to. For me, this study leads to more questions. As again, all like observational other, yeah. studies should. Sure. <laughs> it really should. Um, but I thought I thought that was fascinating, and I think that's worth understanding because right now I feel like there's a big fear of carbohydrates and grains mm -hmm. and. And people are going away from whole grains and to find that there might be this potential benefit to the cereal fibers and the whole mm -hmm. grains that are found in those types of fibers um, might be helpful. I thought was interesting. So they their conclusion was that increased intake of whole grains and possibly cereal fiber and bran could be associated with the reduced risk of uh, liver cancer, the HCC, mm -hmm. among adults in the United States. This was a United States-based study. Future studies that carefully consider uh, hepatitis B and C mm -hmm. virus infections are needed to be able to replicate their findings as well um, to 
and um, to look at the, they didn't look at racial or ethnic or high risk populations mm-hmm. either. So there is definitely a lot more research that needs to be done. Right. So, but I think that leads us perfectly into what we're going to talk about today. Yes. And I know you see clients frequently, and I, I do as well. Maybe you see a bit more of them than I do, but um, that gets those questions that you yes. hear you well, that you hear about every day. You know, Gosh, just or, as a dietitian, right? right? How many people come up to you? I think sometimes too, it's not even my clients, but sometimes people come up to me, and they are so proud, and they say, "I don't eat carbs." <laughs> Right. Boy, I sure do love fruit. (laughs) Not necessarily realizing what they're talking about. But these days, I I have a a big vibe I'm getting from a lot of people that they don't even, they're shunning fruit. They're afraid of fruit. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas, yes. Bananas are evil. And, um, you know, I I do get that a lot when um, I mentioned consuming a banana to a client the other day. Oh, aren't bananas bad for you? Right. I get that not just from one client. It's a lot of clients. Bacon over bananas. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Right. It's kind of where we've gone <laughs> with this. <laughs> Down the wrong hole. Yes. Same thing for potatoes. Um, but sometimes it's like, well, sweet potatoes are good. Right. Well, regular white potatoes are not. Exactly. However, we know that eating a variety of colors in our fruits and vegetables right. can help us. Um, different colors have different phytonutrients. Right. So there's nothing wrong with a white potato right. versus I, a sweet. I mean, there is yes. more vitamin A. They picked up on the fact that there's more vitamin A in a sweet potato. Because it's orange. Right. You know? Exactly. Yep. yep. So let's kind of talk about those carbs. And I think the problem when, when somebody hears the word carbs or carbohydrates, pun intended, I guess they want to lump it all together in the sugar bowl. Right. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's fair to carbohydrates. I think I, maybe carbohydrates are misunderstood. I think they are. And I, I think I know where that comes from. Okay, so carbs are known as carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. And these are macronutrients, mm-hmm. meaning um, our bodies need these big amounts of nutrients that give our bodies energy. So Mm -hmm. carbs, protein, and fat are those macronutrients that we're talking about that give you energy or calories. And foods with carbohydrates, though, no matter what the source, are digested down into sugar into the body, which provides our body with glucose, which is an important source of energy. But that's where it leaves the rails for many people because they hear that it turns to sugar, sugar in my body. Right. It turns to sugar in my body, so it's automatically bad. Bad. But that's not true. That, the, the body, your body requires sugar to function properly. Right. Even some proteins break down to, to sugar. sugar. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, and they don't, they think that proteins somehow remain, you know, immune from this. Right. And that is not the case at all. Right. If you get too much too much protein in your diet, you're not getting enough calories. Your right. body will actually take Turn that, that protein. protein into sugar. Exactly. So That's, why are we villainizing the carbohydrates like, all the time? Makes me think of Men in Black. Remember? Do you remember that scene where the the zombie comes in and he's like, "I need sugar," and he takes the sugar bowl. Yes. That's oh, he yeah. needs that energy. That's what it reminds me of. Yes. And I think that's what people think they're going to turn into that zombie <laughs> when they get sugar, and right. that's just not the case at all. And I really mm-hmm. think, though, it's 
it stems back to so much that we've heard. And we're going to get into low-carb versus low-fat diets on another day because we could go <laughs> on for several hours about that and nobody right. wants to hang out with us that long. So <laughs> if we can kind of break it down, again, pun intended today, to sort of what carbs do for our body. Um, and like your article talked about, maybe the benefit of that increased fiber. Um, mm-hmm. But realizing that in the end, sugar is not the boogeyman. Right. You know, added sugars are not great choices. And we're going to talk about that. There are better, definitely better and healthier choices. Higher quality. Higher quality. Quality, Thank you. But I'm also a believer that added sugars have a place for being beneficial in our diet. You Mm -hmm. know, if a little bit of extra brown sugar on your oatmeal is a way for you to eat it. Uh Uh-huh. But honestly, the funny thing about it is people have no problem putting blueberries on their oatmeal because that's healthy. Right. Or Greek yogurt because Mm -hmm. that's healthy. But, you know, goodness, if you can't put any brown sugar on that because that's sugar. Blueberries turn to sugar. (laughs) Right. You know, Greek yogurt turns to sugar. And and you want to know a secret. Right. Looking at food records of my clients Mm -hmm. that are diabetic who consume oatmeal in the morning mm-hmm. with brown sugar mm-hmm. do not see those spikes and drops of blood sugar that is super interesting it is i mean <clears throat> this is you know my observation of anyone who has oatmeal in the morning if we mm-hmm. look at their blood sugar trends on the days that they have that oatmeal with or without blood brown sugar it does not have an effect on their blood sugars so i have several clients that i have recommended if it helps and you like the taste of it, mm-hmm. have it because it's not affecting your blood sugar look, you mm-hmm. know. So it's not having that spike and drop. Oatmeal, I think, is one of those soluble fiber carbohydrates that mm-hmm. just helps so much with controlling that body's blood sugar response. Right. Yeah. Is it the, is it the, does the oatmeal <laughs> even sort of cancel out the brown sugar that you put on it? Right. <clears throat> I, and and now I'm not saying that they're adding a quarter a cup of, of course, brown sugar, of just a little bit of brown sugar to give it a, that little bit of flavor that right. they need. Or maybe um, you put a little that, brown sugar and a little bit of fruit if that helps uh-huh, it, you know, if that absolutely. helps you. Because I don't think that adding that fruit or adding that brown sugar is going to spike the blood sugars with right. oatmeal in the morning. Right. So that kind of talks about, you know, like there are different sources of carbohydrates that um some are processed quickly in the body mm-hmm. and some are processed more slowly and digested slower. So that's Let's talk about those quicker differences. Ones. Let's talk about those quicker ones first. Okay. So we talk about those things that spike the blood sugar more quickly. And you might have even heard of the term glycemic index. Yes. And that is um that's a really complicated um, term and complicated system. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some people who say they try to eat on the glycemic index, and I wonder how they do that. Yeah, because it's affected by a lot of stuff. It's affected right. by the ripeness of the fruit. It's affected by what else you combine it with. Right. You know, if you have your certain carbohydrate and you add a little fat to it, that affects the glycemic exactly. index. So yeah, um, so glycemic index. Just to back up a little bit mm-hmm. is because I get this a lot too. Is You've, you are, it's like 100 grams of a carrot, right. and it's the response to the blood sugars when somebody mm-hmm. eats that. That's the glycemic index of that food. Right. But they just looked at that one food. Who just eats carrots? Right. Like, 
you at least usually have a little hummus with it or right. something like that. So that then changes the glycemic. That changes right. how it affects that blood sugar response. Right. So is that maybe where that rumor of carrots and sugar yes. got started? I yes. think so. Yeah. I think so. And the carrots and the potatoes, I think they score high on this glycemic index. But so, did you know what scores low on the glycemic index or well, lower? Yeah. Table sugar. Yeah. You know, the right. sugar bowl it's, on your table has a lower glycemic index yeah. than white bread, for example. Right. So does that mean that table sugar <laughs> is better? better? Yeah. Than right. white bread? This is where the glycemic index gets okay. goofy for me. And it's something that I really have a hard time even teaching clients because it is so complicated. Yeah. And there's so much that plays into it. You know, that green banana versus that ripe banana. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's really tough to teach. Mm -hmm. Um, So we talk about those things that turn really quickly, those simple sugars, the ones in fruit. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, I think this is where fruit gets demonized. It talks about it comes to turn quickly. This is literally just a rate that it turns to sugar because the other carbohydrates that you're eating, those sweet potatoes that we think are, you know, oh, those are perfectly healthy. Right. You know, it's going to turn to sugar too, just Mm -hmm. at a slightly different rate. Right, exactly. And and when we, I talk to clients a lot, sometimes people get frustrated and they're like, okay, I'm just going to be healthy, so I'm just going to have this apple for a snack mm-hmm. this afternoon. Yep. Well, what happens is the problem is an apple, while it does have fiber, which mm-hmm. does help decrease its glycemic index a little mm-hmm. bit, it is only carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. When you consume a meal or a snack that's just carbohydrates, it spikes your blood sugar, drops your blood sugar, and leaves you wanting more. Mm-hmm. But there's a secret that you can do that can help you not have those spikes and drops. So when you eat that apple, have a little peanut butter on it. Right. Or have a hand, a piece of, like a string cheese or something right. with your apple. Then we don't see those spikes and drops and your feeling full longer because you've had a little protein with it. Right. I think that's a great tip. Um, And I think the other thing to think about is there's a difference between those added sugars and those natural fruit sugars. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of the term natural yes. because there's, you know, snake bites are totally natural, <laughs> as is arsenic. Um, yeah. But it is, doesn't sure. mean always natural is the best choice. But yes. we talk about the sugars that occur in the fruit in a natural that's that the, they're they're just there right. that's what how they occur right added sugars being those things that are added to foods Correct. for extra sweetness yeah and i think really if people are looking to reduce something if they feel like they've got to reduce something yes carbs maybe are the wrong direction mm-hmm. but added sugar might be the right route absolutely because your added sugar uh whether it's brown sugar mm-hmm. or honey right. or molasses or just plain table sugar or syrup those sugars don't really have any micronutrients so we mentioned macronutrients carbohydrate is a macronutrient that we need micronutrients are like fruits i'm sorry your vegetables Mm -hmm. and i'm sorry your vitamins and minerals those are micronutrients is and and those were are what's packed in that fruit right and there's nothing in the sugar so i totally agree It's okay to say you want to eliminate and reduce, maybe not eliminate, but reduce the amount of added sugar right. in the diet. Well, I think they're in sneaky places. You oh, know, added <laughs> sugars can show up in yogurt and it mm-hmm. can show up 
in pasta sauce, which is the crazy yes. one to me, um, <laughs> and ketchup, and just places mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect an added sugar to be. Yeah. Um, and what I is think the amount of added sugar in a ketchup counterbalancing the amount of lycopene that's in that that is this is true this is true and it's the amount that you use most of us are not hopefully using a cup of ketchup with our french fries right um maybe we're using a couple of tablespoons probably amount plays a role i do like that you mentioned honey because that's one i hear a lot well that's Mm -hmm. a natural sugar right or agave syrup i mean it's natural Again, it's yes. interesting. The FDA has sort of gone back and forth on this labeling with added sugars. Um, and where honey and agave and maple syrup are going to fit in. Mm. And because they are from, yes, a natural source, right. I get that. When they are added to foods, they are added purely for sweetness. Yes, They're not added to enhance the nutrient profile of the mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think they're going to still end up in that added sugar category. Yep. I hope so. Um, I hope so, too. I hope that continues to be the plan for those. Um, I don't know if they've made a final decision on that. I know that's still up for debate as we get into added sugar labeling. And we'll probably, we're going to need to do a whole podcast, I think, on that food labeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially as the things change here in the next year or two. Um, But I think, again, the other thing that I also see demonized is high fructose corn syrup. Yes. And that somehow that is worse for us than maybe mm-hmm. um, table sugar. And I think, again, it just reminds us that all of that turns to the same thing in the end. Exactly. Right. Yes. So I think, again, if you really want to focus on something to and- demonize, maybe, I got a good word for it. But if you right. want to focus on something to reduce... I think a lot of us could take a really good look at how much added sugar that we consume. I know I could. Sure. Um, yeah. Because the recommendations, and again, these are recommendations that are very blanket. Mm-hmm. You know, they're for everyone right. from, you know, 18 to death, apparently. I mean, it's not, there's <laughs> nothing age specific about them right. like you sometimes see with the RDAs. You'll mm-hmm. see something that's age specific. You know, we talk about the American Heart Association recommending that women limit their added sugars to six teaspoons a day mm-hmm. and men nine. Right. Uh, and again, that doesn't go very far. No. It and this not. is not added sugar out of your sugar. Bowl, this is the stuff that's already in there. Mm-hmm. So if you're consuming, you know, a can of pop, right? It's 45 right. grams of strictly added sugar. I don't know if I don't care if that pop's made with, you know, if you're in the West Coast natural cane sugar or right. whether it's made with high fructose corn syrup. I don't care where it's right. made um, or how it's made. It's all added sugar. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking in 45 grams of added sugar, you've already exceeded. For a man, this is not for a woman, uh-huh. uh, for a man from a 12-ounce can of pop. Right. Your entire added sugars for the day. For the day. And that's where I think we could really spend our time. Right. You know, if we're looking at, I need to reduce carbs in my diet. But That it, seems to be the place for me to go for. Sure. Absolutely. But keep in mind, too, mm-hmm. I think that if you are looking at it from a calorie in and calorie out Mm -hmm. perspective, if you're not getting enough calories in, you might have a little more wiggle room to add some added sugar to get you to the calories that you need. Right. And same thing, if you eat too many calories, Mm -hmm. if added sugar is the best place to look to try to reduce that and bring it down. Right. Totally agree. But we have to understand that if the extra calories are coming from anything else it's going to be stored as fat right so it it, it, 
Yeah. Um, but if you're not getting enough calories, then, you know, you, you still need that certain amount of carbohydrate for your energy needs. Right. And so your body's going to have to get fancy with figuring out how to do that. Yep. So I think, you know, we can look at maybe ways to improve the quality of our diets a mm-hmm. little bit. And I think that's something that is my secret for my clients is that, you know, yeah, we can probably look at some quality issues. Mm-hmm. And But I, I, I shudder at diets that say that oatmeal is bad for you. And you've seen mm-hmm. that with your clients, that this yeah. does not affect their blood sugar in a negative way. No, it and doesn't. And it's satisfying to the belly. And, mm-hmm. you know, it makes you feel full. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's all very positive. Yeah. Um, and that fruits and vegetables, essentially, you can't go wrong. Even though, again, vegetables have carbohydrates in them, mm-hmm. not necessarily huge amounts of carbohydrates, uh-huh. if, especially if they're not the starchier type of vegetables. But they do. Right. And they have, you know, cutting those things out to me seems counterproductive to our health. Correct. And to just frankly, like living life. Right. You know, like I'm not going to eat carbs, so I'm not going to go out with my friends to an Italian restaurant. Right. And I'm not going to, I'm going to, you know, cut all these things out of my diet and not going to have birthday cake anymore. Right. And, That's and what all makes this, me sad. Right. It's just not a really sustainable way to live. And we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into those low carb. And I know, you know, we all have stories of people who have lost weight on a low carb diet, right. kept it off and been happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Um, but the vast majority of people can't do it. Right. They can do it for a short period of time. It is Correct. very much, I call it the class reunion diet. You want to drop 10 pounds for your class reunion? Right. This is how you do it. Yeah. And you can do that really quickly, but mm-hmm. be aware when you have cake at that class reunion, you're going to gain it all back. Right. Right. Sometimes feels like literally overnight. Yeah. And we'll talk about I that. know why that right. is, yeah, but that I don't, well, yeah, there's we'll a lot to that. get into that. We'll get into that for sure. <laughs> Um, but I think, again, if you can kind of look at carbohydrates on a continuum of sort of, okay, these are the better choices. Mm-hmm. And if I have to look, if I'm if weight is my main concern, yeah. where can I look at some of those added sugar choices and make cuts? Correct. And yes. I would think that most people could say, is there anything else in your diet besides apples that might be contributing to your weight gain? Mm-hmm. And I would think that the vast majority of us could say it's probably not the apples. Right. Probably no, not. It never is. Right. And the food records that I look at, I can tell you, if yeah. you're listening, one of the best things you can do is include the fruits and the vegetables on that plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally speaking, your calories are going to be under control. Right. And when those are absent is when we eat these other things that end up giving us too many calories. And then we go for the added sugar because we're craving them. Right. And there's something to be said for restricting carbohydrates. Right. Because as we said at the beginning, our bodies require carbohydrates for energy. Right. So if it's not getting it, it's going to fight you. Right. It's not your willpower. It's your body saying, this isn't right. What are you doing to me? Yeah. There are (laughs) chemicals in our brain Mm -hmm. that Get kick up mm-hmm. <laughs> neuropeptide Y is my favorite <laughs> thing to read about right now and talks about that feeling when we are restricting carbohydrates mm-hmm. to to get us to crave more carbohydrates that yes. chemical process goes on to increase you know that amount of 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 that in our brain so we want those carbohydrates mm-hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. There's a comforting sensation to carbohydrates. And we, when you, I know when I ask patients about comfort food, mm-hmm. you've probably done the same thing. It's mashed potatoes and macaroni Mac and cheese. cheese. Why mm-hmm. is that? Mm-hmm. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why people are not saying my comfort food necessarily is a strip of bacon. Although my, maybe it is for you. Yeah. But it's most of the, most time, of the time it's that mm-hmm. kind of home cooking, right. you know, starchy, again, because it's comforting to the brain as well. Because right. maybe there's some restriction going on. Exactly. That's making them want that. That comfort mm-hmm. food. Yep. Or stress. Or stress. Exactly. Well, again, we'll get into <laughs> food and mood in a different podcast because there's so much research now on food and mood. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I think, again, if you're looking at, again, carbohydrates themselves, looking for that fiber, um, most of us are not eating enough fiber. I know, again, I'm as guilty as anybody mm-hmm. of missing fiber in my diet. You I think have to think about it. I exactly. have to think you about cannot it every be, day. Right. You cannot I, be I unconscious know. about fiber. You no. just won't get in. No, it, you, you won't. won't. Yeah. And I think from that study that I read earlier, mm-hmm. don't be afraid of those carbohydrates, those, you know, whole grains. Right. And, you know... We did Chinese food last night for dinner, and mm-hmm. I did get a brown rice with it. Right. And um, that's a good thing to eat. Right. That's a good <laughs> thing to eat. Yep. Absolutely. And again, you know, you look at studies about inflammation and diabetes. and There's so much. And there's yeah. so much good stuff on whole grains. Again, yes. is there anything else in your diet besides oatmeal or quinoa? Right. That might be contributing to maybe a, a weight problem. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it's unlikely. Not usually the that, that's, that it is not. That is one. not the culprit. No. Not the culprit at all. So, again, I think that we could go on and on about yeah. this. But I think we'll kind of get this conversation started and we'll kind of address this in future podcasts mm-hmm. um, about low carb and you know whether that's of value to some people. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe for some people, it's a lifestyle that they can live with. Yeah. But again, that is not the norm. No. Those who are very, um, you know, pro low carb, especially if you go on social media, it can spend. You can almost think that maybe the whole world's gone low carb. Yeah. But all you need to go to do is like see that restaurants are still serving right. bread, and we know exactly. that the world is not low carb. No. You know, the no. vast majority of people are still eating carbohydrates. Yes. Um, maybe you know there's a move towards some healthier choices, and I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing more of those things like you know the mashed cauliflower and the riced cauliflower mm-hmm. and I think that's exciting because you know like I'm not a big fan of cauliflower but if I could eat it in the form of some riced cauliflower that I might yeah that's an exciting mm-hmm. way to eat it that's mm-hmm. you know if that's cauliflower like steamed cauliflower on your plate is not your not your bag right. Right. you know this is something right. that you might could be do to get it in. Yeah. exactly to get those things that you might be missing um so again I think that's that's kind of where we're going to go with it and yeah. um and we'll, again, like I said, we'll we'll address those other controversies around carbohydrates um, as we go further into the podcast. Yeah, and let us know if you have any questions, any suggestions. We'd love your feedback on this podcast on our website, secretliferd.com. Send your hate mail here, low carbers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And we'll, we'll address it. We'll take it on next time. Um, or as we move down, we would definitely revisit the carbohydrate train, I am sure. Yep. So for Secret Life of Dietitians, I'm Laura Poland. I'm Amy Keller. And we'll see you later. Bye.